Workers of the world unite with brothers and sisters in solidarity. I wonder if she calls us out on strike. As a proud member of SAG-AFTRA, James Flippin, will he be a scab? Will he be a replacement worker? We'll discuss that coming up. But um, with all the news that's been breaking today, there is a particular news story that is the result of sources that I have who are attached to the NYPD, both retired and active. And it's all the result of uh, panic at City Hall, panic attack at City Hall, because crime is skyrocketing in July. uh, Mayor Eric Adams is in a free fall in what they do. They call these uh, spot polling, especially amongst African-Americans. And I think it's best epitomized by what our senior news guy did last night in his rap about the crime rate and Eric Adams' denial in blaming it on the media. Mayor Adams is blaming the media after a new poll reveals New Yorkers are increasingly worried about crime. Speaking on Fox 5 New York, the mayor says the media plays with New Yorkers' psyche. You travel with an armed army in a chauffeur-driven car. Go ride the train, then tell me, without your bodyguards. The mayor is just... Uh... He's, I don't want to say delusional, but I think he's just putting a political spin on a, on a bad situation. Now, he's delusional. He also thinks he's talking to God and that God is talking to him. He is in free fall. And uh, remember, he had appointed as his interim police commissioner, his lifelong friend, attache uh, driver during his uh, campaign, Eddie Caban, who was my choice and Bo Deedle's choice. But when Eddie Caban showed up, his first uh, designated uh, appearance as the interim police commissioner in a throwback New York Yankee uh, jersey with the number one on the back and the name Caban after he had paid a visit to the five-year-old girl in the Bronx who had been shot the day after uh, another individual had been shot. Apparently that rankled uh, his competitors in the NYPD. And so... um, Our own Sid Rosenberg announced uh, what I have determined has taken place at City Hall. They've got more breaking news, and once again, it's from my dear friend Curtis Sliwa. We do have a new police commissioner here in New York. This has not been announced anywhere else. But since Sewell stepped down, we kind of went back and forth who'd be next. Jeffrey Madry is the next police commissioner here in New York. I know Bo will have something to say about that. Madry becomes a new police commissioner. Eddie Caban, who a lot of folks thought would and should get it, he goes back to being the first deputy, and John Shell becomes the new chief of the department. Breaking news, Jeffrey Madry set to become the new police commissioner. That was the information I provided, Sid, and then he went to Bo Dito, who would know, and notice Bo has pretty much accepted it as a fait accompli. Well, I wish Jeffrey uh, Badgery the best of luck. Do you like and, him? Uh, well, what do you think of Jeff? I, I don't know him that well, but uh, obviously the mayor knows him very well, and uh, and uh, uh, Phil Banks knows him very well, and he feel comfortable with him. And all I say is that I, he's a, supposedly a cop's cop. And I hope that he does the right thing, and I hope he's his own person. What a total mistake this would be. I'm going to do everything within my powers to block this from coming about. As you know, last week, the flavor of the day to become police commissioner is Jessica Tisch. She had a tryout press conference. She bombed. So now they're going to Jeffrey Madry. To his credit, he has been busting his shoes as a cop for many years. 
But he's a hot mess. He cannot control his libido. Uh, there was a situation when he was deputy inspector of the 75 precinct in East New York. He was hitting on his female police driver who would do his Comstat figures. Uh, she wanted him to leave his uh, wife. He refused. And so they had a uh, a showdown high noon at a park in Ozone Park in plain clothes. She pulled her police revolver on him. Cops responded to the 911 calls. Jeffrey flashed his bag. He said, you know me, Deputy Inspector 75, you didn't see nothing. He came back months later. He had like a few dozen days and knocked off his vacation. And then recently he sprung a former colleague of his out of the 73rd Precinct, charged with pulling guns on kids, a gun on kids in Brownsville outside of his business. He's up on departmental charges. Eric Adams, how could you make him your police commissioner? You've got a good police commissioner now. He'd be the first Latino, first Hispanic. Keep Eddie Caban as police commissioner and stop doing whatever the hell Phil Banks wants done, the real police commissioner, because he's the unindicted co-conspirator who became a confidential informant. That's how he avoided going to jail on the sale of the carry permits and most corrupt part of the police department. So here it is. You would have Corruption 1, Phil Banks, basically running the department and Corruption 2, Jeffrey Madras, who has like million-dollar lawsuit filed against him that the city would have to pay out on. This is crazy. Dresher, best known as the nanny, created by herself and her husband, who she met at Hillcrest High School in Queens. When Ray Romano was going there in the mid-70s and went to Queens College, created this idea and said, no, no, no. Just like Stallone said, I'm Rocky. Uh, She said, no, 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 I'm the nanny. That's what she's best known for. But this tough gal from Queens, originally from a Jewish family in Romania and Poland, tough, has just shut down Hollywood as president of SAG-AFTRA. And by the way, many of us are members here of SAG-AFTRA. So she's our president also. I remember Fran Drescher seeing her in Saturday Night Fever, bit part. I remember she was dancing and then said... So are you as good in bed as you are on the dance floor? And that was the memorable line. And then she was in Spinal Tap. Yeah, one of the greatest movies of all time, Spinal Tap. And look, she's had a long career, but she's also had a very hard life. I mean extraordinarily hard. Imagine she's in a room with her female friend and her husband, And two convicts break into the room, tie them both up. The females rape them, force the husband to watch as they beat him. This guy was out on parole, went went back to San Quentin, triple life without parole. You can imagine the scarring effect that it had on Fran Drescher. She wrote about it. She talked about it. This is one tough lady. Eventually, her lifelong friend, uh, her husband... 
they broke up, although they're still friends, uh, because he announced uh, he's gay, came out of the closet. And then, of course, there was the diagnosis of cancer in her uterus. Uh, she way, wrote a book about that, went on tour in which uh, she had a hysterectomy. Boy, she's had a tough life. But this is one tough woman. When she was running for SAG after a president, she beat Matthew Modine. You remember from Full Metal Jacket, handily under the banner, Unite for Strength. She knows calling a walkout of the actors, actresses, joining the writers means that she will be, she will be, it'll be very difficult for her to find work in the future. Maybe in additional uh, episodes of Gravesend that Sid is in. But she will be blacklisted. But listen, I want you to listen to um, Fran Drescher as she called the union to order solidarity forever. And she said this is all about what Aretha Franklin sang about, R-E-S-P-E-C-T. What are we doing? Moving around furniture on the Titanic? It's crazy. So the jig is up, AMPTP. We stand tall. You have to wake up and smell the coffee. We are labor and we stand tall and we demand respect. Take a throwback to the 30s and to the 50s. And then Fran Drescher went on to say that this is a moment of history in the labor movement. At some point, the jig is up. The entire business model has been changed by streaming, digital, AI, this is a moment of history that is a moment of truth. And she's absolutely right. As uh, president of SAG-AFTRA, of which I'm a proud member of, uh, I've seen March in the annual Labor Day parade. I was proud to uh, bring my oldest son there, Anthony, as we watch from the sidelines all the labor unions march. It's no longer on Labor Day. I remember joining my father in the National Maritime Union on the original Labor Day, September 4th, when thousands would come out, thousands would be on the sidelines, and then there'd be a huge picnic afterwards. That was for the National Maritime Union. So uh, I have a, a labor union background, a strong labor union household I grew up in. And Fran Drescher strikes me as a throwback to those times. Listen to what she said about the business model. In fact, she went on to say, look, I've been friends with a lot of these people who are the CEOs, COOs, CFOs. But now it's sort of like she's she's drawn the line in the sand. It's a Maginot line. You cannot change the business model as much as it has changed and not expect the contract to change, too. And let me just say, right now we have Lou, who spans many decades as a board operator, maybe one of the most experienced in the industry, going back to Imus in the morning, uh, Bernard McGurk and, uh, and Sid Rosenberg, Bernard that we miss so dearly, and then, of course, uh, Sid, uh, Sid Rosenberg and friends. The way the technology is, they could do a plug-in of AI, artificial intelligence, and take out Lou. There'd be no more job. He'd be retired on the Irish Riviera, the Rockaway Beach, 
as he described, uh, he and his lovely MJ, buck naked on the balcony, staring off at the beach, probably drinking a Budweiser Light. No, not a Budweiser Light. We'll talk about Dylan Mulvaney. Compare her, him, they, whatever, to uh, Sid Rosenberg later on in the show. But she is talking about some very valid issues, and she knows she will never work again in Hollywood after this. Because you look at Bob Iger there, right, that pig. How many times is he going to be a CEO of Disney, right? Oh, I, I, I look after the workers. Yeah, he looks after himself and his COO and his CFO. And when they fail, what do they give themselves? Platinum parachutes. They can make the most dismal failures in the world. They never pay the price. Never pay the price. And what Fran Drescher is saying, you know, now with streaming, where are the residuals? People are not going to the theater like they used to. They get everything on streaming. And the most important thing, artificial intelligence. I'll be talking more about that in uh, till the break of dawn when I return uh, from 12 midnight to 6 in the morning. Nobody goes to sleep in that time. The best side or the other side of midnight. But these are legitimate issues. And I remember as a child, I was six years old, and I remember watching uh, television. We didn't watch Walter Cronkite, not in our household. My father did not trust Walter Cronkite. He said, forget that guy. We go to uh, uh, Chet Brinkley and, uh, what is it, David, David Brinkley and Chet Huntley, NBC News. And I remember seeing Ronald Reagan on a picket line for SAG-AFTRA with Marilyn Monroe. Just so happens that Ronald Reagan was the SAG after president. And boy, uh, did he sound like a liberal progressive then. Solidarity forever, the union, keep it strong. And there was Marilyn Monroe. And that's the last time I remember where the writers went out on strike in solidarity with the actors and actresses. And now the question is, if our president, Fran Joshua, she's our president. Lou, she calls us out. I mean, I've been on strike before when I worked for AMP, the Great Atlantic and Pacific Company, and I remember we were part of the union uh, that was uh, actually uh, those that wrapped the meat, uh, that were the butchers. We were sort of a minor affiliate of that. They've since merged. But I remember we walked out, and I remember it got very contentious. And there was a lot of anger between uh, ownership, uh, Great Atlantic and Pacific Tea Company. You remember their big warehouses out in Garden City. Uh, they had supermarkets everywhere. Their management uh, and their union workers. And I was stuck in the middle. I was the key man overseeing a packout crew at night, guys who were my dad's age and older who had been in the union and were vested for like 25, 30 years. And I was telling them what to do. So I was getting it from the union, and I was getting it from management, but I stood with the union. I was a union member. So uh, I wonder what people like Justin Ellick would do. Like in the old NFL, right? Would you be a replacement worker? Would you be a scab, Justin? A Kevin Drosh, a weekend producer. I mean, what do you think, Lou? Well, James Flippin, our news guy. I know one person who would walk out in solidarity with me. You remember Noam Layden went to a commie camp in the Beltway in Maryland. And you know who his counselor was? Matt Drudge. 
and they would sing that song, Solidarity Forever. And uh, Pete Seeger's song, Whose Side Are You On, Boys? Whose Side Are You On? Let's see who blinks here. Well, I got to tell you, Fran Drescher has shut down Hollywood, and that is one tough broad. There's no other way to describe it. She is tough with a capital T. This is the Rip and Read. Indicated to you that Billy Joe was moving out of his beloved Long Island, buying a McMansion in Florida, selling his McMansion out in Suffolk County. But I have oftentimes said, as I related to Brian Kilmeade, that I know Long Island as the home of serial killers. Absolutely. How quickly folks in Long Island, Nassau, and Suffolk want to forget, right? Oh, my God, they want to forget. It's like, what are you talking about, Curtis? And I say to them time and time again, wait a second. (laughs) It's not just the arrest that was made after a task force had been put together by the brand-new police commissioner, Rodney Harrison, who actually I hate. Because he, along with Dermot Shea, when they were running the police department for Bill de Blasio, agreed to actually remove a billion dollars from the police budget. But he's out there. He put together a task force. And after a year of having this guy on their radar in reference to the Gilgo Beach homicides of the prostitutes that were being contacted on Craigslist, They have moved in and made an arrest based on DNA. I believe they may have gotten off of a beer can. A guy named uh, Ewerman, who lives in Massapequa Park, as we heard in Brian Kilmeade's show, uh, he described that area because he lives right there. It's a small community, right? You have, I think, the town and the village is Matzah Pizza, as we call it, and then Matzah Pizza Park. And, you know, they like to say, oh, you know, Seinfeld came from there. Everybody, they talk about all the trendoids. And I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. There's another town where a serial killer lurked. Apparently, this guy, Uriman, was president of his own Fifth Avenue-based company, RH Architecture Design, which he's had since 1994, 10 years before the Long Island murders. He was arrested at his office yesterday, but the announcement of his name was made here first on WABC. 
and I'll explain to you how I always get this information, what it seems like in uh, almost like lightning manner. Listen to Sid Rosenberg towards the end of his show. He's on Monday through Friday, 6 to 10. I'm on every day at 7.05, Monday through Fridays. But I gave him the breaking news 30 minutes before anybody had this guy's name. Some of the best newscasters, the best reporters did not have this guy's name. Breaking news, WABC. They have found at least, it looks like, the murderer from Gilgo Beach. Now we've got a name. Curtis Sliwa was the first to have this name. He had it 30 minutes ago. Curtis is unbelievable. He had this name 30 minutes ago. We did not give it to you until it was confirmed, but Curtis was right. Rex Uerman, Department of Building Consultant, Rex Uerman is the man in custody right now who Suffolk County Police believe is responsible for anywhere between 10 and 18 murders, Gilgo Beach, Long Island. And so at this point, they're holding him responsible for the murders of the prostitutes who are found near one another along Gilgo Beach, uh, almost like within a quarter mile total. All of them apparently contacted on Craigslist. They're not attaching him to what could be anywhere from 10 to 18 other murder victims that were found in that area. Uh, he's being arraigned in court. Uh, we may get more details. But the way I get all this information, and people wonder, how do you get this information? If anybody has ever seen me out there, Lou and Justin, uh, you've seen me. I'm like a Pez dispenser. I'm giving out my business cards to anybody. Homeless people, emotionally disturbed, businessmen, businesswomen, tourists, doesn't matter. And I'm always saying, hey, if you know anything, give me a call. And they truly do have my cell number. And I get calls all the time, tips and leads. In this case, 30 minutes before, I was told that the guy arrested last night of RH Architecture, Architecture Design, Rex Uerman, was the suspect in custody. But I had to double-check it, and I did. And I was able to verify it. I would have given it to Noam Layden, our news director, but he was in the middle of a newscast at that time, so Sid is gracious enough to break the news. And that's how we do it here in WABC. You don't need to listen to WINS or WCBSAM. You don't need to turn on uh, TV news because, you know, oftentimes they don't break the news. We do here. And luckily, I've developed enough contacts over the years to do exactly that. Now, apparently, when the authorities uh, raided his home uh, in uh, Massapequa Park, they took out a cooler. Now, a lot of people are um, hypothetically thinking, well, maybe there were items of interest in the cooler. We don't know any of that yet. There's no way to attach that. We do know on a video that he made a year ago where he was talking about his prowess uh, as the owner-operator of R.H. Architecture Design in Manhattan, that he has been contracted to work for American Airlines, Catholic Charities. So he seems to have a good resume of corporations that he's worked with. We're now learning that he may have been a suspect tagged but not bagged yet a year ago based on DNA. I'm interested in learning way more about that. But it's only for the Gil, uh, Gilgo Four. 
not being attached to anybody else at this, tied to the additional six bodies that were also found in the area and upwards of 18. Now, I've always said in my own mind that Long Island, both NASA and Suffolk, they should put signs up when you enter there from New York City, from Queens. Uh, when you cross over Queens uh, and you go to uh, uh, any number of those uh, initial communities like Hempstead, West Hempstead, you know, there should be a sign, home of the serial killers. You've had more serial killers out there in Nassau and Suffolk County per capita, per square inch, than even California, which used to be the capital of serial killers. Remember, that's that's the largest state with 40 million population. What does Nassau and Suffolk together have? What, about maybe 4 million people? And look at it. I go back to 1989. There was Joel Rifkin. Remember him, the 34-year-old unemployed landscaper from East Meadow who confessed to killing 17 women thought to be prostitutes. Uh, And I think they found one in the back of his pickup truck. That's how they were able to connect him to the 17th. Not far away, a half mile away, almost in that same time period, the arrest made in 1993, Robert Schulman, a 42-year-old postal worker from Hicksville, was convicted of killing five prostitutes after he was arrested in 1996. They only lived a half mile apart. And then they're not even including 1990. That's the one I remember. I was broadcasting on WABC at the time. And I remember he was a carpenter. And I was thinking, you know, my cousin Joey G, the cheats from Howard Beach, uh, he had uh, uh, Gistiani construction out there. They did a lot of prefabs. They did a lot of... uh, uh, subdivisions out there, and a lot of carpenters out there. But I'll never forget that guy, Alan Gormley. I think he was 37. He confessed to killing prostitutes. I think they uh, convicted him of killing two, but it was thought that he killed so many others. Now, notice the consistency here, Lou. We have Joel Rifkin, who nobody wants to acknowledge any longer, who is from Long Island, 17 prostitutes. Then you had a half mile away Robert Shulman, the postal worker, five prostitutes. Then you had Alan Gormley, the carpenter. He admitted two to killing two prostitutes, but it was thought much, much more. And now we have the president of his own Fifth Avenue-based company, RH Architecture Design. Although you look at his, uh, what looks like his mugshot, he looks like a serial killer. Uh, and he is being charged probably uh, momentarily with the uh, Gilgo prostitute uh, beach murders for still six outstanding others uh, in that general area. So what is the one common thread? The FBI would say, yep, they're white men who killed prostitutes. In this case, uh, on Craigslist, uh, in the case of the most recent uh, arrestee, Rex Hewerman. So I think they need to put up big signs. What do you think, Lou? Uh, what do you think, Justin, on your way to the Hamptons? You got the Amity Horror, uh, Amityville Horror House out there near Central uh, Ice Lab, near um, Stony Brook, right? I mean, that's an attraction. People come from all over the United States, all over the world to come to the Amityville ho- uh, Horror House. You imagine if they set up a museum of serial killers. Do you know how much interest there are in serial killers? In fact, our own Sid Rosenberg has indicated 
that he is just fascinated with the uh, the whole background, the whole uh, decision of serial killers. For a long time, if you talk to FBI agents, they basically said, look, the profile is usually a uh, white male who goes out killing until all the way the Beltway serial killings. When it turned out there was the guy Muhammad and the kid he recruited and basically was a Svengali over uh, the black kid. He was black Muhammad and they went around the Beltway and they were uh, assassinating people. Uh, the kid was housed in the back of the car and they had made a hole for the gun and they would pull up near gas stations, remember, and just blow people away. I know we had the guardian angels out there pumping gas. And again, the FBI profile was is probably a white guy or white guys in a white van, and everybody was looking for white guys in a white van. They were pulling over every white guy in the Beltway, thinking that, oh, yeah, the profile of the FD, FBI right there in Chronicle, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, it's definitely, without a question, a white guy. Turned out it was two black guys. So you can throw that one out uh, the window. But I will tell you that I keep getting texts from people, yeah, Joey Buttafuoco. What What do you mean, Joey Buttafuoco? He's the guy who got shot. He, uh, luckily, he didn't die. You know, Alec Baldwin, okay, he fired that gun, and they died on the set. What the hell is that? That has nothing to do with these serial killers. I know, hey, everybody, look, I come from Brooklyn, Canarsie, right? East New York, the home of organized crime, the Lucchese's, the Gambinos, a lot of dead bodies. Uh, in that uh, in that Spring uh, Creek uh, dump there. A lot of dead bodies. So you got to own it. Long Island, you got to own it. I know it's going to upset you. You'd like to say everybody who does it lives on the South Shore. Oh, boy, people have their nose in the air. We would never do that in the North Shore. I don't believe that's the case. I don't believe that's the case. Uh, I'll have more to say about this later on tonight, midnight to 6 in the morning to the break of dawn. As I do the deep dive, I will give uh, commendations, uh, something I oftentimes don't do, uh, as you know, Lou and Justin, to Frank Morano, the other side of midnight, who has covered this case on a number of occasions in his overnight show. And I- I'd like to applaud his effort. I'd like to applaud his effort because I'm normally, you know, face it, making fun of the Mameluke. You want to keep it here on WABC. We've talked more about these Gilgo Beach homicides and the investigation and anybody else in the business. And I am going to continue to label Long Island, Nassau, and Suffolk, home of the serial killers. You better work. Oh, Dylan Mulvaney, he, she, they, whatever, won't go away. Will not go away. There she was, high in the Andean Mountains. Who knows, maybe chewing coca leaves with the Inca Indians in Machu Picchu claiming that she had to escape to Peru to be safe because she was under attack in the United States. Hi, is this an okay time? Okay, surprise, I'm in Peru, and I'm at Machu Picchu. Isn't this just so beautiful? Um, I'm here by myself, and I used to do a ton of solo traveling. I'm telling you, it's the best. If you could ever do a solo trip somewhere, it is such a good way to get to know yourself better. Um, 
But I came here to feel something. You know what I mean? And I definitely have. I've done shaman ceremonies that were like 10 years worth of therapy. It was wild. Um, I've seen a lot of llamas. And the people here are so kind. I feel very safe here. It's a little sad that I had to leave my country to feel safe, but that will get better eventually. And I am dying for some Trader Joe's rolled chili lime chips. But other than that, I am so content. Still haven't been kissed yet, but I'm holding out hope. And most of all, you know, this trip has just has me feeling like I'm my own best friend again. And that is the best feeling in the world. And I hope that you feel that way about yourself too. And I love you. Okay. Bye. No, no, no. no. It's it's sloppy kisses there. Look at that. Oh, God. (laughs) Mulvaney. Up in the rarefied air of the Andean Mountains, chewing cocoa leaves with the natives. Stroking the llamas, right? The last one to be with llamas was Michael Jackson. Remember Never Never Land? With Bubbles. By the way, whatever happened to Bubbles the Chip? We want to know. What a freak. Oh, my God. I'm not safe in my own country. And then where did she show up last night? But the red carpet runway for the premiere of a movie in SAG-AFTRA gave her a pass. That's right. Fran Drescher was very pro-LBGTQ+. Decided to give Dylan Mulvaney a pass. Meantime, our own Sid Rosenberg, oh, my God. He was like in postpartum depression. Well, look, a man now should be able to have postpartum depression, right? If a man can have a baby, a man can have postpartum depression. That is crazy. But listen to Sid Rosenberg moan about how the fact is his red carpet walk has been canceled in Hollywood. So I get a text yesterday from Danny A. who made the movie. And the text goes like this. He must have Googled something. And it reads, the strike means that actors have to stop all of their work, including promoting their upcoming films and movies. What I'm saying is, is after that text, Danny sent me another one that said, as of now, red carpet premiere canceled. He goes, we'll see what happens. The movie is still coming out on the 11th. See how it plays out. They might settle soon. So Danny says to me via text, 9 o'clock last night, they might settle soon. But listening to Fran Drescher, she went on and on how far apart they are. Doesn't Do- sound good. Doesn't sound good at all, right? No. Yeah, no, no, no. Fran Drescher, one tough broad. <laughs> she ain't settling anytime soon. But, Justin, I get the feeling, you're his executive producer, that if they said to sit, if you identify as a transgender, and remember, Dylan Mulvaney still has uh, his, her, it, they, whatever, three-piece set. We're not talking about a knife, a spoon, and a fork, right? If Sid would agree to identify as a transgender just for the day, you could do that according to the new rules and regulations of the hipsters and millennials. He could get to walk the red carpet. What do you think Sid would do? I expect you, Lou, to bring that to Sid's attention on Monday because my belief is he would identify as anybody just to be able to walk the red carpet at a Hollywood premiere with all those freakazoids, with all those trendoids, with all those Dylan Mulvaney's, and probably if you ask them, 
just hold up a can of Bud Light because we know he's on the wagon. He would do that too. 